Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. All right, welcome back. Episode 9 of A Few Good Physios. Today we are honored uh, by our second guest, Elliot Lindy. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, did, did I pronounce the name right? I remember we, you, we had a little you, discussion back. You did, you did. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I would, it's rare. I thought it was, yeah. You thought it was Lind, right? I thought it was Lind. No, yeah. we, <laughs> this was a discussion when we, were, when we were working together. I remember, I think it was me and maybe even Fabian and Dan. We were calling him Elliot Lind, and, and he was like, no, actually, it's Lindy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. Um, but thanks, man. No, I really appreciate it. So uh, I'm going to let Elliot introduce himself, but overall, uh, we worked, uh, both Eric and I, with Elliot. He was one of our patients, um, and we're going to go into different things about the rehab, his, his injury, his own experiences with physical therapy, and uh, some other things. But yeah, man, if you want to go ahead and tell us... Uh, what you are, what you're doing, <laughs> and yeah, uh, no, I I, uh, I feel honored to be on here. I feel uh, not qualified. Um, what? I'm not a healthcare professional. I'm a software engineer, which is pretty far from from that, to be honest, in terms <laughs> of healthy habits usually. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, as you mentioned, I know you guys from doing PT. Mm. Um, huge fan of PT. I actually actually had a lot of fun with it. Um, and I'm sure you talk about some of the, the kind of treatments you guys do that I think kind of uh, expand on what people usually think of as PT um, and a little different maybe than, than what I've seen elsewhere. So I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I like things physical fitness and uh, I find them really interesting and I, I like your guys' field. Cool, man. Um, I, had, I I think the mo- I wanted to start with, because uh, Elliot would always let us know that what we were doing with him was a little different from his first experience with PT. Um, yeah, I think I, I met Elliot probably probably six months or a year after you worked with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was your first, uh, your entry point into PT? What was your first experience with physical therapy? Man, I think it was like, maybe when I was younger, I broke my, my ankle playing soccer or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after I got the cast off, so you had to go to PT. And they gave me some exercise and said, you have to do this. They didn't really explain why or, or anything like that uh which i, I kind of like to know kind of why things work and there's like oh just take your leg and do this you know with <laughs> man, you know however many times a day and i don't know i did it for a while probably didn't stick with it whatever mm. my ankle still worked mm. um and then uh yeah i don't know it was, was kind of boring right i mean i think in ge- i think a lot of times it is it right is. um it is. and so and then i think we went to a pt i went to a running clinic with a PT, mm-hmm. they have this like thing in San Francisco. They build is like, oh, like we'll analyze your running form, fifty bucks or whatever. I don't know, like mm-hmm. video analysis. And I go there, and the, this PT, she doesn't even run, right? She's just like, oh yeah, like <laughs> so you know, you uh, you take too long a stride. I'm like, okay, how do I fix that? She's like, well, 
take more shorter ones. You're like <laughs> <laughs> real specific. Yeah, how, yeah it's just kind of how you you shorten your strides by taking shorter ones, right? <laughs> and, uh, I remember like I, I think I like I almost like kicked out because I kept asking questions, right? It's kind of like this more just like no, no, you're supposed to just pay and then get this video that just tells you you're overstriding, and then <laughs> that's like, it. I was like, but no, like. How can I like fix this? And just like, sir, call security. No. <laughs> not really, but it was just like, like uh, I, w- I was like, you know, I- I'm really interested in this stuff, right? And I think like how the body works, super, super interesting. And like uh, most, most of the PT I've seen, it kind of leaves that to be desired. Um, yeah, I, it was interesting. I mean, I remember when you told me that story. I was, I w- it was a little saddening to hear because you know this is the field that we were in, and and that is a direct. I don't know what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to be clinicians. We're not trying to like just blank, you know, tell everybody this is what's happening with you and not give you any information about yourself, things like that. But that, I was also interested in when you came to physical therapy for your hip injury, um, you had such a, uh, you had a, lo- a wealth of knowledge before you came in. I remember you were saying, because you had looked mm-hmm. it up quite a bit and you were telling me about movement and stuff like that. And the things you were saying is exactly what we learned in school in terms of, biomechanically how your hip works with your knee with your ankle and then what will do to your hip joint and and kind of the accessory motion and stuff like that so i thought that was interesting and i felt if you if i remember correctly definitely correct me if i'm wrong when you went to go see um some doctors before physical therapy or maybe even during you did get an mri on your hip and the various doctors that you saw you didn't bring the report oh you, you brought the actual image and I love yeah. that because you were you were making sure that they were being as objective as possible. Right. For, yeah. From my understanding, that that was, that was interesting. I don't know if I knew that much before. I mean, maybe I, I just like you know Google stuff. But um, yeah, so some of these doctors, I don't know. Like, I, I it's funny because okay, so yeah, this, I should explain more. But um, you know, they they did an MRI in my hip. I it was just like it was just like hurting or whatever. Right. Take, mm. Do an MRI, and I always tell people like just if you have pain, like. I don't know. Think about if you want an MRI, because like you know they they'll they'll always find something, right? And there's like that study you showed me where it's like you know most or like half of people have some torn labrum somewhere in their body and they don't even like know it, right? And there's some people that like can't walk and they're like joint looks fine, actually. Like I don't don't know. (laughs) It's not true. That's and and so yeah. I mean, um, actually, actually, I uh, um, because my shoulder has been a was a little trickier, right, to actually Mm -hmm. get right, and I was working with this sports Cairo out in, in California when I was living out there, mm-hmm. um, which I was, I was very skeptical on chiropractic. I, I still kind of am, but he, mm-hmm. he was actually like pretty like multidisciplinary. A yes. friend ref- told me to go to him. He's like, mm-hmm. look, dude, this guy fixed my shoulder. Like, trust me. And like, he, he was like pretty chill about like, not just like come in and just crack your neck. Like, you know, <laughs> like, right. um, and, uh, so like, actually we joke, like he always talks about like the diagnoses just sounding so bad. It gets in your head. Just like, Dude, your hips necrosed. Like, <laughs> like, I didn't actually get that, but like that, that that would literally be like the worst sounding death. Like arthritis sounds bad, but like necrosis. Necrosis yeah. sounds it's like death. It's, it's like I think of black death when I like the degeneration. Plague. He, you have degenerative. You have some, some degenerative arthritis. Something. Some, yeah, no, but I mean, um, yeah. So I just thought like. All right, well, th- you know, this is kind of a bummer, but you know, like I looked at MRI and it's like it's a little hard to to read those, right? Like I don't know. Right. Um, and so I took it to some doctor, and I just, I just like, I was like, yeah, like you know, maybe um, you just like tell me about my hip. Here's my MRI and stuff. He's like, where's the report? And I'm just like, 
No, dude, you're a doctor. You're like, Should I, want a, <laughs> I want a second opinion, right? Not like an echo. Um, I love it. He was not happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because he has to read. Uh, uh, yep. Like, I would, this guy, I would have been surprised if he just showed up like a scalpel. <laughs> Where is it? You know, like, <laughs> I've got med school debt. Um, and, uh, yeah, dude, I don't know, like, that guy... <laughs> He, like, just wanted to, like, shoot some lidocaine in there for fun or something. He's like, oh, we'll shoot in there and, like, <laughs> see if it gets better because then we know we're in the right area. I'm just like, yeah, I don't I don't know about you, dude. Um, <laughs> and he kind of tried to scare me in the way out. So I'm like, oh, if you don't fix this, it's going to be bad or something. And I'm just like, I don't I don't know, dude. And then, like, two months later, I'm doing, like, kettlebell swings. I'm like, <laughs> right. all right, uh, without lidocaine. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, these doctors were cool. Until I got to the guy, Rodriguez. I looked. At, I did like top doctors that mm-hmm. site, which I don't know might be BS, but like, mm. what are you gonna go off of right. that? Crosses <clears throat> insurance. This guy Rodriguez, he might have been like Martha Stewart's hip or like some. I don't. I don't remember. Mm. He had like some like famous thing or something. And I go to him, and this guy's this guy's pretty badass. Like he's <laughs> he ball guy like you. He's got a he's got a bow tie on. Oh, for, and he just shows tie. up. He's just like so. He's I'm like you know he's MRI, and he's like oh you have the report. I'm like oh, no, I want you to read. Cool. He just looks through it. It's <laughs> just like no big deal. Just sits back. He's like, I'm like, I'm, what do you see? This, that. Do you see arthritis? He's like, let me look. Right there, you know, arthritis or whatever. And actually, his his med student couldn't find that, and the other guy didn't. So like, you know, this guy like he he really knew his stuff, and he's mm-hmm. also just like, look, I don't, you know, he's established. He doesn't need to like just slice kids open to, you know, pay to his pay. debt, right? Mm-hmm. And he's he he's actually just like, look, dude, you know, replace your hip someday. Right, um, <laughs> but let's do See that. In thirty, let's, yeah, let's do that in like thirty years. Let's just like make it last, right? Which is like kind of depressing, but it's also like I mean, a lot of people get their hips replaced. You know? Yeah, just it like normal common. stuff, you know. Yeah. So it's not like a tire change, but yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's common. I mean, it's yeah. it's more common than than most surgeries. But again, a little more of a laid back approach, and he didn't try to scare you, I guess. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, he's just he actually he was he was more like look. You know, can you walk? Can you do every, you know everything you need to do? Um, he's like, if so, like, let's not slice you open. You know, like, try to, you know, he he recommended just kind of yeah, do the PT. Just like, don't you know? I don't like my friend who does go ruck. You know, probably don't don't do that. Mm. Um, I mean, <laughs> what is it? Go I, ruck? I didn't ask him about. Go, oh, you don't know about go ruck? No, is it? Did you tell oh, him? Oh boy, this is this is. The, <laughs> you know, so it's like. It's like this military thing. Um, oh, where... go ruck. Uh, R-U-C-K. We have a rucksack. Yeah, you have a rucksack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you ruck. Yes, yeah, sure. yeah. Well, you, just, you fill it up. Yeah, so like uh, my, my friend in Boston does this. And uh, yeah, you. it's really hardcore. I mean, they have like different levels of it, but it ends up being this like like long, long runs with like these backpacks with weight in them. Uh, mm-hmm. Got it. And, uh, but it's like got this like, military angle where it's like run by military dudes and like they can just make it arbitrary hard at, you know, like, <laughs> trip like, you if you want. Yeah, just like kick in the stomach. Like, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, you're, you're, it's, in a day it's like running with weights, right? Right. Um, probably not gonna do that. No. It seems like, <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. A- a- actually, this friend is funny because he's telling me, he's, he's a great guy, he's a good friend. And he, um, <laughs> He was telling me, he was like, I was telling him my hip, and he's like, you know, actually, now that you mentioned, sometimes I do get just this <laughs> <laughs> sharp hip pain, right? Because I think I was telling him about, like, sleeping with a pillow between my legs. Mm. I think that was a tip from you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes I get this this hip pain if I if I don't put a pillow. You know, like they've been doing it for years. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's that's a bummer. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's not that bad. And then like he's like, minutes later, he's like, actually, it's, it's pretty bad. You know? like, <laughs> I haven't had this in a couple of years. <laughs> Wait a couple minutes later, we're just tanking. He's like. Honestly, I, it's excruciating. <laughs> like, oh my god! If I don't have a pillow between there, I'm like, you know, you should you should go to a doctor because I I, I love doctors. Out. I just think that <laughs> like you know, like just straight go from like doctor to MRI to surgery within like you know, mm. like a day or a week or whatever. That's just crazy, right? Yeah. Um, a day, no one's gonna do a day, but like, no, you'd be yeah. surprised. Really? Yeah, wow. Um, be but but you know, I was telling him this, and I'm like, you should go. You should go doctor's like, no, I'm not going to doctor. I'm like, why not? He's like, dude, doctor's gonna tell me not to go rock. <laughs> doctor's definitely gonna tell you not to go rock right, right? Right, it's right. like literally uh, like you know running with weights like that's gotta be the last thing to do with your hips so that, I'm avoiding that but um, I mean it, it, obviously what do we always say it depends it depends on you know what you're trying you gotta, to I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it right off the bat but if that's something you want to do then we could prepare you for that we'll find find any deficits in range motion give you exercise stuff like that that's minimize like it. it yeah yeah a well, lidocaine but, but i always find it amazing it it is true they do try uh, not all but we this is what we've discussed previous in previous podcasts they'll do a lot a lot of fear-mongering to make you kind of or steer you in the direction of an aggressive intervention and it's like it's they almost tell you like it's like a timing belt in a car they're like you're you're on borrowed time right now like you gotta, <laughs> you got to do something about it. So and, and, that, and that borrowed time, no one knows. I mean, look, you, right. we could walk out of this building now, twist your ankle, and yeah. blow out your ACL. I guess hypothetically, but you know yeah. the chances are, are slim. But I think what your your experience echoes um, a lot of what we discussed in the last uh, eight podcasts. Mm-hmm, Can't yeah. believe we did eight yeah. um, of you know going to a doctor, being kind of brushed off. Um, being pushed into one direction, not knowing, looking for the answers from multiple sources. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it would be nice if um, there'd be some kind of standard in care, but there really isn't. You know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. there's a, whether it's the medical side or even the PT side of you not even remembering about your ankle break. I mean, I had a very similar experience when I was 16 where, you know, I broke my ankle, I got a cast, and then. Um, I was told to wiggle my foot around and put it in hot water. And that was my PT experience, you know. Wow. So it wasn't, like you said, an explanation. I think Lee and I and, and many others in the field at this point really pride themselves on you walking out of that appointment feeling. Empowered. Like, empowered. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. some some level of information and you know what direction you're going to be taking uh, yeah. to help yourself out. Yeah. I mean, and the, the, the doctors are pretty good. It's just the once they... Once you get passed over kind of the surgery side, there's no one to really guide you through. I mean, that's leave was basically that, right? Like, because <laughs> you go get a second opinion. I mean, who's there to balance the opinion? It's kind of, it's kind of you, right? There's not like someone through the whole thing. It's not very integrated. No, and then what you just said, like you being that um, uh, intermediary, sometimes an issue when you're in pain, you might be desperate. You know, you want you want some kind of resolution, and often. I know we've seen people make some impulsive decisions in terms of having an aggressive intervention, whether it's surgery or other <clears throat> other interventions. But, uh, yeah, here in New York, people want answers mm. like yesterday, right? Mm. Uh, but um, some of those things, like you said, um, <clears throat> some of them takes time and there's a, there's a big gray area as we're coming to find out years into practice that, you know, we, we have – we're good at seeing certain patterns and helping mitigate those patterns, but 
there isn't no right or wrong answer. Right. I actually remember now. I don't know if you sent me it or if I, I found it in my Googling, but like they were talking about, um, well, they're talking about arthroscopy, and that's like a huge, you know, improvement. Like it's less invasive and open hip stuff. Thanks, mm-hmm. but um, they were talking about oh, removing labrums if they're torn. Mm-hmm. And they like used to just remove it, and then they figured out that it's actually better to leave it. Right. And so that was when I found that. I think I just found it googling like yeah. stuff. It was like that was pretty terrifying. Where it's just like they were doing this thing for years, and then found out that it was worse than not doing anything. Uh, right. And, and the main thing is, and the same thing goes for meniscal tears in the knee, and they're showing that through very specific. Well, now they're doing they're they're based on sham studies, so sham surgeries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> read all about crazy. those. Those are crazy, <laughs> dude. Man. Hey, yeah. how'd it go? Well, you're gonna be all right. Yeah, you didn't have the geez. surgery. You just, you just had some anesthesia. That's it. Um, but the uh, yeah. So like, if you think about the meniscus and the labrum. They're the main tissue that kind of go in between the ball and the socket, or whatever the joint is, or for yeah. the the knee is a little different. So if you start to remove any pieces of that, so now you're already reducing the surface area of that cushion and the likelihood of you getting something like articular cartilage to make contact is high. You're just going to increase that uh, that wear or the likelihood of the wear. Yeah. And then you could spark an inflammatory response that could speed up the osteoarthritic process. And stuff Have like some that. swelling in the joint, <clears throat> increase in ovule fluid or mm-hmm. decrease. Yeah. Necrosis. Yeah, necrosis. Necrosis. There you go. Now you're <laughs> in a wheelchair. Leads, all wheel. All roads lead to necrosis. <laughs> but no, you you um you hit it on the head. I mean, Lee and I have been discussing this also that it is terrifying that a lot of people with meniscal surgeries, for instance, you know, they're finding coming to find that years later that it wasn't the right, well, it wasn't an optimal choice. Right. Yeah, I got a friend who had some sort of knee knee surgery, and yeah, he. Regrets it. Oh, man. That sucks. Probably a young guy. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I mean it's tough. Like you know, I, I've been blessed with, uh, except for that. What, what's that thing called? Austrian slaughters or whatever. Yes. The oh, yeah. your, except for that, when I was like in middle school, because I grew too fast, and mm-hmm. you know that that was a pain. But I don't really remember it. Um, and it's not something serious. Uh, where most times, like I, my knees just are like never hurt at all. You know, and good, so like yeah, I'm, I'm like lucky. So I don't really know what it's like to have knee pain, but you know, I can imagine like yeah, you like bust your knee playing soccer or whatever and you're in tons of pain and like there's there's some fix out there you know with the surgery and um you know i don't know it'd just be tough to have like a, a busted knee right like it'd be hard to walk and crutches yeah. with the subway and the winter it'd just be like a pain mm-hmm. you know? it definitely is and and again you know something like that could resolve within a few weeks it could be six weeks or you could potentially go a surgical route that might be sold to be the fix, you know, but it, it really would depend as depends on like that's That's why it's so important to have that uh, a really lengthy and thorough physical exam, lengthy and thorough yeah. history taking, which usually isn't the case. Let's say if you go to a physician, for instance, because it's usually a short time with them. So if someone like a physical therapist or any other manual clinician could have um, a better chance of and, doing that. And even, uh, yeah, let's go for it. I'm twisting. Kelly Star would call that a fault of some sort. <laughs> 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 did you I was gonna him, bring. Did he meet him? Did you meet Kelly? Uh, no, oh. no, no. <laughs> but he's got a funny story about him. Oh man, I mean that guy is all sorts of stuff. Just court the, longer. The supple leopard. Oh no, it's uh, it's as long as he goes. All right, cool. We're good. Like this. Okay. 
just don't uh. want to be doing a fault, right? Like, it's his voice. <laughs> no, fault. He makes it sound so cool. It's more just like you're slouching. He's like, fault. <laughs> <laughs> he's big, yeah. He's big on those fault oh, positions. My God. No, he, I, mean, I wanted, I wanted to discuss it with him, with you about him today because only he, I think he does represent what can be spread from our field in a negative way. It's misinformation. Cause if you, if you look at things like Supple Leopard, you look at, um, his old YouTube videos when he was trying to build up. And he, he legit, like, there's this well-known one that we watched over and over again, me and John Jezequiel, some of the other PTs at the East Side. And it was right when he first was building up. I remember Fabian introduced him to us. And he went over the screw-home mechanism. And he was trying to teach the layperson what that means. So the screw-home mechanism is just basically what your knee does when you fully straighten your knee. And it needs to do it. The two mm-hmm. bones need to do a certain movement to go fully straight. And so for that, it is, there's no debate about it. This tibial external rotation and technically um, femoral internal rotation. rotation. Those are the relative terms. And you can't really switch them around. I mean, if you go into, you know, you can manipulate the the foot a little bit and then you can get different rotations. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about open chain, neutral. And he kept saying the opposite over and over again. And it was just so frustrating because he he so showed a mobilization with the voodoo strap, right? And he was like, "Oh, I just gotta like you know, tibial internal rotation, tibial internal." Just kept doing it over and over again, and, and we're just like, "This is crazy!" Like this is this is just a pure example of what you would not want to do when you're trying to straighten your knee, right? And then you have the squatting thing, which I hate the whole the knees the like knees. in the feet close. Anyway, so we were we discussed a little bit last time I saw you, Elliot, but like. You know, I, I I think there was an um, in uh, unintentional uh, spread of misinformation, not knowing the consequence of that, and then what it could lead to down the road for for other people. Like I, I briefly talked to you about the things that I've been reading online when people try to do the squat form that he recommends, how oh, they yeah. kind of destroy their knees over time, and it, it makes sense why they would. I mean, you're you're putting your um, the line of pull way out here, and then your actual base of support is way in here. So straight down is where the force is going, not over your feet. It's just so weird. Yeah, he thing. takes the knees out thing to another level, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. But um, he had a large platform, and he's gotten to millions of viewers. Yeah. And um, yeah, just check your info, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I bought his book a few years ago. Like, I don't remember where I heard about it, but like, sounded cool, right? Uh, <laughs> kind of weird too supple leopard I was like, right, right, right. like this book just sounds weird but um an actually YouTube video making fun of it's called Becoming a Brittle Leopard The Brittle Leopard <laughs> but uh yeah I remember I bought the book and it's like you know because I'm interested in this topic I'm like oh this is this is interesting right I start reading it and like you know he starts also just like false you know like he like makes all these <laughs> things like sound like really really cool but uh and I started reading it you know it's like you know, at first it's like interesting because he's like, you know, standing's like one of the most complex movement or complex positions. Or I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, honestly, like, I don't think it is, you know, but like versus like some like yoga stuff or people right. like, you know, standing on one pinky or something. You're like, standing's just so complex, you know, lifetime to master kind of thing. You're like, all right, well, maybe, yeah, he, maybe he's, you know, he's an expert in his field. I'll hear him out, right? And and actually, it was interesting. He was talking about like, you know, uh, tightening your glutes and then your 
putting your abs tight and like that that's actually i think like probably legit mm-hmm. um so so he doesn't know how to stand <laughs> i think right, right right no one's got their knees destroyed from kelly's art standing um yeah and that that's a good point of complicating things you know i mean standing should be standing that may be that our opinion uh, my opinion um yeah so this is the uh, real quick they th- this is what the leaders in our field right now the people who are leading our field are first of all none of the not none very small amount are Americans, so they're all like from the UK, Australia, New Zealand, um, anywhere in Europe, uh, Canada. So they all have not all, but they push forward this this uh, sentence, which I totally agree with. Physical therapy in general is overcomplicated and underutilized. So overcomplicated, mm. like the concepts itself, are like something analyzing standing. It's not that complicated in the sense that if you have you know everything's in working order, you're just standing on two feet. That's fine. Like, you don't have to show off all these terms and try to impress somebody by, like, all right, you talk about rib position and then your ankle position and the shoulder position and where your chin is and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, you're just standing. That's fine. <laughs> so that goes into, like, the whole posture as well. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, um, none of that stuff should – we don't want to occupy too much of your uh, thinking capacity. I'm like, damn. Oh my my shoulders back is my head back. You know, that just takes away from I I personally think from just other stuff. Now, mm-hmm. if there's a a fault, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there's something grossly off that maybe you, one could help. Yeah, maybe some cueing, but we we don't want to complicate things. Keep yeah. it simple. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. You know, actually I uh so we do that 5 by 5. Uh, you know, we're you used to do that, right? Yeah, boom yeah. that the uh, the good old uh Johnson 5 by 5. Oh, he's talking about the mouse. The uh, now. Um, oh, you're talking about five, no, no. Yeah. I'm talking the strongest five by five. Oh no, lifting. that's the workout. a different thing. Got it. So you talking about yes, Chris yes, Johnson? Yes, very yeah, simple. no, it's uh, and it's like you know, I was a little nervous because like, all right, squat and deadlift, I know like the back of my hand, right? But like <laughs> overhead press, bench press, stuff like that. I was like a little worried about form, barbell row, but I was surprised by just like, um, just like videotaping myself and just yes. like also. So one thing with that, you start out like super light, so you're literally just doing like no op like wait for mm. for like a couple weeks and uh it's kind of nice because you like then you're just 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 focusing your form right and i'm just watching videos comparing with the video i see reading about it and I, I was surprised how like you know it can be like one of those things that's like overly complicated but it's like actually like i don't know you can you can probably figure you know figure it out within some degree and um yeah okay so but i so i'm reading this book right and so i'm like all right this guy's like standing it's like it's complex right <laughs> All right, whatever. I keep reading, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, like, um, you know, I got like like hip thing going on, right? So maybe I'll read about the hip stretches, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I go to this section, right? And uh, man, I wish I, I have the book somewhere, but I, I, I'm sorry through all my boxes at home. Um, and uh, he's talking about this this TV hip stretch. He's, <laughs> it's like the TV couch TV couch hip stretch or something. I don't know, but he, um, you know, you just like. You put one leg on the floor, one knee on the couch, and it's just you're just stretching like your hip flexor quad. Okay, yeah. Right. And uh, you know, I'm reading it and he's just talking about just getting in there and tense and all this. And he, <laughs> he says he does it, you know, on the couch watching TV in case he blacks out from the, <laughs> the pain. Um, to distract himself. I remember I'm just like reading this and I'm I'm trying to stretch and I'm like, I you know, I just don't know if I want <laughs> to do black out from a stretch. Oh, like That's too I, funny. I mean, like I, I don't know, like stre- you know, stretching. I'm sure it's got its place, right? And like it's important, <laughs> but like I don't know if I just want to like black out on a Tuesday night <laughs> stretching. Your wife comes in. What happened? I was stretching, stretching my quads. 
Like it's, it's almost like like I don't know like is there anyone gonna be like yo dude like you know what really improved my life just stretching to black. <laughs> <laughs> and that and most of, most of the stuff is like I remember reading some sections of it and when he talks about thoracic like smashing. Smashing. So they, <laughs> well, I was thinking smashing actually leg smashing. I mean that I mean now when I think of smashing I think of jujitsu but like smashing like you're smashing your own body like how how is that. <laughs> How does that make you feel good? <laughs> that wild like stuff. Well, you're well, not supposed to, right? You're supposed to embrace that pain, right? I mean, I, I saw this video where these, like, <laughs> this person pain. just took some stick and just, like, duct taped, like, a ball, and it was like, pain stick. And he's like, get in there. And they're just... <laughs> Just would, torture each other. I would love to know how the stick got created. There is a stick, you know, the one yeah, with the, the, stick. the little plastic thing. Mm-hmm. Huh. How does that get created? Someone took, a, like, a dough roller and just started just rubbing stuff. themselves with it? There's one of those. Like, I can make a million dollars off of this. <laughs> no, but it's, it's you know, it, it's interesting. I guess, you know, he's definitely got an audience. But, Huge um, audience. I mean, you know, he's, he's extremely established. I mean, talk about a, a lesson in marketing and business. He's, he's the majority but he, he organized some tools i mean look mobility tools and stability tools um but that was your your experience with the book did you, did you try this blackout stretch or <laughs> i mean not to black no, no. Sure. i mean i just i that's where i was reading this and like you know i when i read something i like to get into it and kind of like immerse myself in it and i just like moment i'm like wait what am i what am i <laughs> you know it was like blacking out like that's that's crazy right uh from from anything, yeah, man. right. <laughs> the only time that we it's like somewhat normal is if you're practicing like chokes and something in jujitsu or black. Have you blacked out? No, but that's if, even then, right, that's right, crazy. right. That, and that's... we're practicing choking each other, so like we don't want them to black out. And yeah, he has like. A... You can make this stuff up, right? You know, like we do thoracic smashing, right? You be like, this well, is oh, that's cranial hemorrhaging here. Like, come over here. It's like, <laughs> this is what happens. I'm just going to get on Eric's head here. I'm just going to work into the. Yeah, work into the fat. But this yeah. is what happens, though. But see, that's, that's my this biggest is, uh, problem with it is because if you read the uh, 90% of that book, it's a lot of statements, first of all, that are not ever founded. They're not. There's no research in there, number one. There should be some basic amount, like, your basic anatomy and physiology book from school. There should be like a Netter's reference for Christ's sake. He yeah. just freestyled ever. I the whole even... thing, yeah. It's it's, it's upsetting for me because I I remember when I saw it uh, with Fabian, I was like, none of this is true. Like this, I don't know what torque is. He's not talking about a true biomechanical thing. Like he just made up that term torque in the sense of what he's talking about. Torque means something else in biomechanics. But anyway, it was that that's what bothered me. And then you know the cover is doctor. Kelly, da, da, da. so that's going to be confusing for people who don't know what physical therapy is versus a physician. So that's he, further. He's running, he's running some ultras, I think. But what, is he really? Yeah, I think he does ultras now. I, I, I'm looking at him. I, I don't believe it, but that, that's <laughs> really? fine. I think he. I think his new book is on ultra marathons. Recent. I mean, new as in maybe a year or two. Yes, he's written a couple of new ones. One on gait yeah. analysis, I think, posture and stuff like that. And faults. No, <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. It's like maybe some of the stuff. It's like if you know the yeah. This was a body that was like a textbook body with no injuries, and it was like you did this exactly right. You could thoracically smash or something. I don't. I, but like you know, it was just any variation on a human. It would be just like, hey, maybe stop and think. As well, just like smash harder. Like <laughs> just get in that pain cave. That's I would true. love to know what um. It's probably the market is really CrossFit specific. I mean, somewhat CrossFit specific. Yeah, and he's got a large microphone. Oh, he. Very I get. I mean, that's the other thing too. It's just unfortunate because his reach is so large. Right. He 
or the information that is presented usually will put someone deeper into the misinformation cave and then they'll become more <laughs> <laughs> they'll become more next fearful. to the pain cave yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so like it, there's all this research now to show uh, a great deal of uh fear can f- like increase your pain response i don't think it's a surprise it's like you know your body well, feels more fearful about movement that can stimulate your nervous system to kind of uh, create that pain a little louder around wherever your painful area is, usually like the low back, for instance. Mm. And um, so, but that is also um, dependent on how well or how empowered you feel or how, how empowered you don't feel about taking care of it yourself. So like if you get m- uh, more information about what's going on with your body that you can help yourself, that will definitely decrease the pain response. But let's say if you feel more and more helpless, or if you feel like you can't help yourself, that will increase that pain response. So usually that kind of leads one into the other. So if you, you have all this stuff and you don't understand what the terms are, and then you're thinking that it's okay to black out if you stretch out your hip flexor, <laughs> and you think it's okay to smash your uh, thoracic spine, like those two things, I mean, those, either they don't happen or they do happen, and then you try to carry it over to other concepts, you're just like, well, that didn't work. So then you're, you're further confused, like this weird confusion. Yeah, I mean, going back to simplicity, I think the more, the clearer you could bring it out to a patient. Now, every patient has a, is coming to us with a different um, set of tools, yeah. but the clearer, the more empowered they feel, I think the better outcomes we get. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what yeah. all the research shows. That's what our experience shows. But talk to us about your experience. I guess with both your hip and your shoulder, yeah. you moved you moved out to San Fran, I believe. Yeah. How did you uh, manage those out there? It's good. I mean, hip's been good for for years, right? I mean, that was, uh, you know, I started out with like hydrants, cat cows, like all the the more kind of boring PT mm-hmm. stuff, and then I think like Lee was like, "All right, this guy's gonna be my guinea pig. Let's like, start <laughs> hip cars all the way, right?" <laughs> oh, we, this is before FRC. This oh, is man. like he's got the free smash. <laughs> <laughs> Had um, you standing for two hours? <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, just like. Uh, so it's just like, ah, you know, you can, you can keep going on to, to harder stuff. I mean, I never felt like I was, like, thrown in the deep end, right, where it's just like, you know, not like dodgeball, like dodge a wrench, like, kind of stuff. It was more just like, you know, okay, like, um, I mean, we spent, like, like a month or two, I feel like, working out for, like, squat and, and deadlift with just a tiny little kettlebell, right, and, yeah. like, um, like, just, like, a quarter of each of these, like, exercises over time. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, my, my, my hips, like, pretty awesome i mean That's maybe it gets cool. like a little maybe that maybe that hip gets like a little more sore but not i run i lift you know stuff like that it's fine that was the other thing too didn't you were told some information about running regarding your hip saying like yeah how it would always lead to necrosis yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all um, past but uh i mean honestly if these, actually these guys are trying to you know, get you fearful. They're really underutilizing that word. It really just <laughs> evokes. They should do a study just on just telling people they have necrosis and they seeing how it affects necrosis. really the, the word necrosis. Not the word necrosis, but they've done studies on. They call it a nocebo. So um, if you look up nocebo and and that pain response is a really big one. I have to look it up uh, what exactly it was, but they they I think it was based on imaging. They said that I took an MRI of whatever body part it was. I think they did low back and then. They um, had two sides of it where they used the appropriate words that they found in things like degeneration, arthritis, um, pro, uh, disc bulges and herniations, things like that, versus the other one. The other doctor was like, oh, you have some normal age-related changes. 
um, and you have some stuff going on with your joints. They were very nonspecific, and they found there was a significant difference with the pain response before and after mm. for the, the people who were told all those really nasty words versus <laughs> the other one. <laughs> yeah, choice of words definitely, you know, choice of words mm. definitely matters. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, hip, yeah, it's pretty fine. I don't know. Cool. Um, I think, you know, some of the stuff was pretty basic. Like, my glutes just were, like, not online when I started. You know, <laughs> like, you're like, all right, squeeze your butt. I'm like, I, like, I'd be like, no, don't do it. I'm like, I am. Like, I don't even, you know, like, they just, <laughs> like, I was so, like, my my legs were so, like, front heavy, just like, you know, like, um, and actually, I probably can figure out where some of that came from. I had, um, in high school, because I used to run a lot, I had this SI joint injury, right? The sacri- sacroiliac joint, yeah. And uh, that was, like, really weird because basically, like, you know, I went to the doctor. Maybe, maybe there was a PT involved. I don't I don't know. At some point, <laughs> though, this stuff, I remember the doctor was just like, you know, they were like, I don't really see, like, 16-year-olds with sacroiliac joints that often. It's kind of like old person thing, you know? And they're like, um, they're like, I don't know, just go see, like, a chiropractor. In this sort of, like, just go to, like, an exorcist kind of way. You know, like, I don't don't even know, right? This this dude, and he, like, popped it back in place. It was, like, literally a last resort. I don't know. It was just, but it was, like, like, when it just, like, like, went, like, I I couldn't, like, walk for, like, a day or two, right? Like, like my dad, like, put me in the back of the car and just, like, drove me back (laughs) from the cross-country meet. Um, And, yeah, he, like, popped it back in. And I guess at some point, I think I did PT after. Maybe I did PT after. Yeah, and I think the conclusion was just that my my hamstrings were so tight mm-hmm. that they just like kept pulling on that joint. Um, mm-hmm. which seems plausible. So I stretched my hamstrings a lot. Like it was a thing like back in high school, my dad and I just like stretch our hamstrings together. And like, <laughs> I probably got two flexible hamstrings. Yeah. That, that's maybe part of my theory here, but yeah, my glutes and everything were just like not online. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, actually at some point, yeah, I had this thing in my mind, like don't run. Right. And then I ran, one day, I was like, like there was like a volunteering day at work, and we like played soccer with some kids. It was like some some thing or something. And I remember like felt pretty good, but I was like so sore the next day, and I was mm. just like, dude, I probably just ruined my hip. What you know, it's not supposed to run. But then like two days later, it felt like better and like looser. Mm. Like so, I went through this like this like mm. down like oh, I just it was stupid. See, I can't mm. run. I should never run again. I was a big runner growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually felt better. And then actually just like a little bit of running generally makes it feel better. Like yes. I'm sure if I did like a lot, it'd probably, you know, well, maybe it'd be hard on it. But um, just like once in a while seems pretty good. And that, I feel like that's a huge thing with um, joints in general. Like we joints respond to what they're supposed to do, which is compress, rotate, absorb gravity, absorb force. And then you get that movement of fluid. You usually get that movement of um metabolites nutrition water all that stuff and so of course there's like a too far you know like if you were to go run a marathon which you haven't run in a while right and then versus you did that amount of running that you did so the the tissue tolerance level so but that kind of speaks to what we talked about previously about how slowly building up whatever the rehab part is and this introducing stress let it adapt introduce stress let it adapt things like that so that it's not like you can't do it because now that I saw this on a picture one day in 1954 and now <laughs> you, you forever can't run. Yeah. Um, but Yeah, the absolute of <clears throat> one of the things I tell most most patients is that the whole, nev- you know, the key question is, will I ever be able to run again? And mm-hmm. my answer is, yeah, probably. You know, I mean, 
people run under worse conditions, missing limbs. I mean, yeah. so to tell someone that they can't ever run, I, I think it's is, is wild. Another thing is, is taking away, you're just, you know, your story kind of reinforces um, our kind of belief system in that, you know, if a movement doesn't necessarily hurt, let's not take it away. Um, and I think people are quick people, practitioners, clinicians, some of the people in my own field are, are guilty of this, of, you know, you have like this intermittent hip pain, so let's just... Let's just take everything away, right. yeah. and then we'll give you some hydrants and see how it responds. But you just said it. I mean, movement, movement is what uh, what heals us, really. I believe. Yeah. Um, but but you know, knowing knowing when to kind of push and when not to is 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 a bit of an art. Yeah. Um, That's not easy. And I think a clinician needs to kind of really question um, the patients, kind of wh- where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keep running. I'm glad to hear your hip is. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's it's Thrive. funny because like they, you know, there's no running, so I just switched to swimming. I swam a ton, oh, yeah. and that's how I messed up my shoulder. Because these things they compound, right? Because it, it was stupid to just switch that hard to swimming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and swimming's kind of deceiving because it's like it is low impact, right? But it does it does have a lot of shoulder, you know, mobility, like going oh, you overhead like yeah. and stuff. So, um, and you know, it's just like just years at a computer had just kind of I used to swim in high school, but. And I was fine, but just years of computer just kind of, you know, tighten up that space just enough to kind of inflame things, right? Yeah. And then it, then it, actually, and you know, so as much as I was like joking about the, the surgery and stuff, right? Like I, you know, all the the more standard medicine has its place, and I think my my shoulder is a really good example where, um, you know, once that thing got inflamed, mm-hmm. until I got a, a cortisone shot in the bursa because I had bursitis really bad, mm-hmm. I I couldn't get better. I mean, like maybe if I just like laid in bed for you know a year or something but it was just like like pt exercise would ir- irritate it you know biking was irritating just the rumble mm-hmm. right bursitis socks when I mean, you get that right mm-hmm. and it just like i put off the cortisone <clears throat> shot because i know that you know into the joint it's bad this was just in the bursa and they kept telling me that i'm like i don't know i don't know <laughs> that thing like that was just game changing it was right? immediate yeah i mean those they last what a couple of years well that's been like I don't know, four years or something, mm. right? Bursitis has been just completely gone. So, mm. you know, well timed, right? Not like every, you know, four months. Uh, I don't you know. need a shot. Yeah. No, I think you 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 hit a, a a good example of you know if something is in an inflamed state, modern medicine has some pretty cool tools to yeah. get rid of inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, with bursa, would any any talks on that? that that's pretty. Mm. Well, I've known a couple people that have different bursitis of different sorts and the, the yeah. cortisone seems to be a good pin you know especially if you went the conservative route but um yeah modern medicine uh, anti-inflammatories i think uh have their place in breaking that cycle because without breaking that cycle you just it's a it's a tough cycle to break i mean uh, yeah and I, I do think it's um it has like again has to have a thorough physical exam thorough history if they they're able to find the culprit like they did with the bursa causing the pain and the restriction and then they were able to um distinguish other tissues while they did the cortisone injection because sometimes they'll just do like a general cortisone injection into the shoulder capsule um and it, it might not work that that's when it becomes an issue if it doesn't work and they get repeated injections well then you got that word got what's that? that got that word what? Necrosis. Necrosis. <laughs> I know That's you. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. No. And then yeah. So that 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 I think is where you get into the cycle 
of issues where then you can get some issues in actual shoulder joint with multiple, but it's good that it, it took just one injection for it to one reduce. Done. Definitely. Um, and, w- and when we studied for the OCS, it, it was interesting for us to, to learn the best practice right now for adhesive capsulitis or a frozen shoulder. If you uh, fall into a certain category and it's very soon, I think it's within a couple weeks, if not yeah, three weeks. two to three weeks, under three weeks. And um, you're supposed to get an injection into the capsule, go get PT, go through PT at a certain amount. Uh, I think it was up to, well, I think the longest was like three months. Right. And then if that didn't work, then you would go back for another one. But you had to wait that amount of time for it to um, take it, the full effect. Um, so that was interesting to learn. I didn't think that was like a standard of care for something like frozen shoulder, yes. which I've seen two now, by the way, uh, frozen shoulders who had that exact thing. And they, they're doing really well. Yeah, so catching it early. And again, this, I mean, Lee and I are not big proponents of any uh, cortisone. I mean, I think it's overutilized in, mm-hmm. in many cases. But, um, yeah, this is a perfect example where, you know, it's it works. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a good combo. Mm-hmm. We combine the two, right? I mean, oh, yeah, have cortisone to, and PT. I mean, neither really here. I mean, if I had just gotten the cortisone shot, this thing would have been right back, right? Um, because it obviously came from somewhere. Uh, but then, you know, if I just had the PT, it's just, I couldn't, couldn't move it enough without inflaming it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you kind of had to combo them. Same thing with the surgery. Right. Cause you know, I obviously, obviously surgery has a place, right. I mean, I just, in my, my situation, you know, didn't, um, didn't make sense, but, uh, yeah, I mean, actually I got my shoulder checked. That was funny. I went to the surgeon. I just had him check out my shoulder and my hip. I remember my hip, he took it. And he kind of like twisted it like internal rotation, just jammed it in. <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what he was checking for. I don't he just know. wanted to make you hurt. That yeah. would that would hurt anybody. Right. I would think about that right now. He yeah, probably was, was doing the impingement test. Yes. Also, I don't think I was you know, prepared for that or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, just that's, bite down on this rag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, ah, should have. You know. That goes into the whole explaining, you know. Yeah, he's I, like, why does it taste like whiskey? He's like, here, bite <laughs> <down."> <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, uh, yeah so when you saw that chiropractor uh in san fram if you don't mind talking about yeah. I, I was so curious to hear this that that was part of a clinic that was part of your work yeah yeah right? so you know some of the things that we talk about here is just the um the insurance system and like how it would be great if things were to change in terms of how this, this system worked yeah. but basically that clinic that attached to your work you guys had set it up in such a way that you didn't really go through insurance carriers for the most part right well, I mean, it it is in the sense that uh, through work we have like Aetna and Kaiser, mm-hmm. and um, I think that clinic does both. I'm not sure it does Kaiser. You guys know about Kaiser? It's like a California thing. Yeah. I don't know if they they might have one or two states around California, but they they haven't really expanded. I don't know why they've been around a long time, but mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a one stop shop. I mean, Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's um, I think it's been around since like the 70s. It's pretty good. Um. I haven't gone there. My wife and kid went there for a while. And, um, yeah, it's, like, super, like, integrated, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they just have all – like, so it's, it's good and bad, right? I mean, if you – if if it all can be done within Kaiser, it's amazing, right? Sometimes people, the criticism is if you need to go out to, like, a specialist outside Kaiser, it's not a very good plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, – but, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good overall. Um, but, anyway, they uh, – yeah, I mean, we have, we have normal insurance. It's a – just a clinic on campus. We have thousands of employees in California, right? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like a you go they 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 take your insurance and everything. I think 
I think any sort of cost savings happens on the covers. And I, I don't know about our specific situation, but I've read like an article online about how these clinics, um, they're kind of a uh, like a win-win win because for employees, if you work on this giant campus, like go drive 20, 30 minutes in the middle of the day to like go to some appointment and then have to wait, get in different times, all that. Um, mm-hmm. It's easier because you can just go on campus, right? Um, and then for the employee, uh, for the the um medical people obviously they get like a lot of customers for the uh sort of billing for the company i think like they can save money because they can control some of these costs more right because i'm assuming that like you know large companies generally self-insure as far as 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 i understand right because like insurance is just to protect against catastrophic yeah and they're just they have so many employees that actually ends up probably being cheaper um Mm. and then they um you know they're not going to get these like random bills where like some like, I don't know, hmm. doctor over here, pres- you know, prescribe something or bill something in a weird way for like crazy amount. And the insurance has to like fight with the doctor and like mm-hmm. they can kind of just like not do that there. So I, I hear it's pretty good for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it is a win win. I mean, because, <clears throat> um, yeah, they're definitely controlling costs. It is self-funded. Um, so they're paying their practitioners that they've hired. So it's all kind of one in one house. And more importantly, I mean, it's. um it's a benefit. I mean, it's a yeah. positive experience. I mean, definitely. As long, I mean, I would think that the people there would have you want to have um, a high caliber kind of a clinician. But it sounds like you had a positive experience, and uh, he, he probably had to be. I'm, I'm curious to see how that clinician got there in f- first place. But <laughs> but it's a good thing. Um, yeah. I think it's a win win situation. But I, it, I think the insurance situation might be slightly different over there. But it, in Cali, yeah, but. Yeah. I don't know enough about Kaiser, but the whole self-funded thing mm-hmm. definitely is gonna is a game changer. Well, yeah. Kaiser is totally totally different. I mean, I think like Aetna probably works the, the same out there is is here. Um, I mean, Kaiser is yeah, it's an insurance and the doctor <laughs> and everything all in one, right? So um, they can probably just cut costs and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the quality control, yeah, I mean, that's it's it's pretty tight. I mean, these are you know the company that has like an on-site healthcare. I think like. You know, they hire the people and stuff because you, you don't like sometimes these on on campus amenities, these big companies can get a lot of control. Because what will happen is like there'll be like a like a truck, you know, dentist or oil change or something. And they'll mm-hmm. come and they'll they'll be like, you know, want to like sell to these employees. Right. We'll like pull up our truck in the parking lot. And like people think, oh, wow, you know, you get all these fancy benefits. But like that dude doing that oil change in your car, or, like that dentist, like. We don't have a quality control. They right, might just right, be like, right. oh, you know, tech employees, we'll just, like, tell them they, you know, need their teeth are all necrosed. Right, right. like, we got <laughs> to replace all your it's teeth. It's the screen, man. It's the screen that's messing I, your teeth. I, I've heard some stories of this where it's just, like, some on-site things where it's just, like, you know, that wasn't quality controlled, right? Like, huh. at various companies where, um, you know, some bulls up, yo, a dentist, like, thinks I need a new grill or whatever. He replaced all my teeth. Like I don't know if that was necessary. It was covered. It was yeah. self-funded. Yeah, no, he's no, like, oh, were... it was all their insurance, you know. No, you're you're 100 right. I mean, and that's why I ask because you know if the wrong person gets in there, you know, wrong person that non op, you know, someone that doesn't have their best intentions uh, would be bad. Cause a ruckus. Oh my God, can you imagine like Kelly Star or something? Mobile, mobile PT truck. <laughs> thinking mobility wad pulls up. Everyone's ready to smash the thoracic spine. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's yeah, like you get in here. I need to smash the thoracic <laughs> I've heard, I've heard a few podcasts. He's a fun guy to listen to. I mean, yeah, he's, he, a, he's a talker, man. He's I mean, exciting. Yeah, the, he's an exciting dude. He's an entertainer. Yeah, people didn't uh, get 
hurt it'd be it'd be all kind of fun you know if yeah. it was like People fixing fixing guy. your computer or something or whatever you know like yeah. no you you just said it i mean that yeah a lot of the information could could cause some harm yeah just like a lot of others definitely <laughs> um we i had mentioned a little bit or we we talked about it like for like a second last time i saw you but telemedicine uh, you're a big fan of it right oh yeah yeah kaiser does a lot of this is it really right? um Especially for pediatrics, you know, your kid's sick or whatever. They're just like, just, mm. just call in, right? Um, yeah. They have, they have like video chat with doctors, stuff like that. Very cool. So, um, you know, ups and, I mean, there's like ups and downs of like the point where you go in and like, sometimes you just be like, you know, I'm, I'm like traveling and I need like an antibiotic or something, right? You know, like just, right. or I need a vaccine based on, you know, this country, the CDC says this or that, you know, like I don't need like, blood pressure checked and all you know like, right. just like super random but i mean the, the you know obviously they catch stuff there too right mm-hmm. um by all that process so it's like overhead that like has some some win but some not and you, you don't get that with telemedicine which is i guess good and bad mm-hmm. no the the def, there's definitely benefits to it what you just said i mean but i guess the drawback would be this the whole person to person communication and picking up on nonverbal cues and uh, but again, for something you just mentioned, you don't need all of that. You need to get you can't, you can't see faults, you know. Like, yeah, right, 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 right. Fault. Um, but, but look at you know the skills of observation. I mean, obviously the camera helps, but um, you know I think some of that'll be lost. But in convenience wise, I know from from my little guy, a couple of fevers that he had. <clears throat> just a call from the nurse was very reassuring. You know, you speak to somebody, it's it's what it's much uh, more convenient than us making a, an emergency visit. Stuff changes so much too, like all the just getting a little medicine um, advice on like medicine and stuff with like mm. kids oh, and it changes a lot depending mm. on who the hell you. T- I mean, probably worse so than any PT stuff for sure. I yeah, mean, yeah. Ba- baby we- stuff has just changed a lot. Like if you, yeah. you just talk to a parent from twenty years ago and they'll say, "Oh yeah, doctors said do this, this, and that," and you might be like, "Oh, well, now actually they say this, this, and that." So <laughs> it's totally different. Yeah, I mean, something as simple as where to, how your baby should sleep, never on their oh, stomach, yeah. on your back. Pillows. Always on their back? Always on the back, uh, newborns. Uh-huh. But, I mean, in Peru, I mean, it's face down. And I, I think I, I was face down most of my baby life. Yeah. Explains a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> my, my neck was just torqued, cutting off the oxygen to my yeah. brain. They, uh, so, they, don't, they, re- they re- don't recommend uh, thoracic somatic until two. <laughs> now, it needs to be one and a half. Uh, Kelly stars that you can do it six months. I think I started it early. Faults don't begin <laughs> yeah. until three years old. Well, see, I mean, you, you probably don't know about it. The, mm. All the the baby medicine because you don't you don't I mean you don't work with baby I don't think any babies come for PT right I, <laughs> I, I am not a pediatric physical therapist yeah. but I mean <laughs> I mean I'm sure it sure yeah it definitely exists right mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean you're talking about like SIDS and stuff I mean it's like really yeah, crazy man. I mean it's, that's ter- oh, it's like the most terrifying thing ever right yeah. um yeah man and it's just so sad but uh, yeah they they used to you know babies um people used to put them on their stomachs I think that was recommended right but they I think so. they never really figured out exactly what SIDS, like sudden infant death syndrome is, but um, it's probably something related to choking, right? Because yeah. they, they, I've read about like these these caseworkers that go to these, these places where it's happened and there's often some signs that maybe there was like choking or something, oh, right? Um, so scary. I, it's just the saddest thing ever, yeah. Um, but they, <clears throat> they, the doctor, uh, AMA, I think, or whatever, they yes, recommended, yes. or AP, uh, physicians, whatever. A, yeah, AMA, and then there's probably a pediatric section of that. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> they, they, they kind of took like a 
a shot in not a shot in the dark, but like their best guess, I guess, in like the nineties. And they said, all right, like we don't really understand what this is. I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it was like so widespread. Like that was like just happening all the time. But it, mm-hmm. it was. It was enough though. It was a yeah. high number. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like any cases of that because it's, it, it's just so. It's just so sad. Your baby just dies in sleep, right? Um, yeah. They were just like, we're gonna try this. Like, put your baby on their back, um, in the same room as the parent. Uh, nothing else in the crib mm-hmm. until. I think I think until last year they said like for like six months or something, right? Yeah. And uh, the deaths from SIDS went way down. So some something in there, seventy, you know, eighty. It was a huge number, seventy, eighty yeah, percent. Huge drop. <clears throat> That's crazy. And so um, you know that helped a lot. And then I think last year they upped it from keeping the kid in the room for six months or something to like the first year. Right. Um, but some of this is a little interesting because like the the back thing they said once you're. Once your kid can flip, I don't know if it's in the guidelines, but they say once your kid can flip over, it's not really that important. Yes, mm-hmm. um, vice versa. So, yeah, if the the kid gets in a position that uh, there's lack of oxygen or he's cutting, they're able to kind of get out of it. Whereas mm-hmm. if a baby doesn't have that skill yet, uh, they could choke. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, like like you said, all this stuff depends on, you know the baby, right? Like in terms of putting in a different room or, mm-hmm. or whatever, it depends on uh, kind of what, um, just kind of like where your baby's at and, and knowing them, things like that. So yeah. first year, first year is a long time. So <laughs> I don't know. First year is a long time. It's, it's I'm still, still I'm still in my baby's room. Yeah, sixteen months. Yeah, yeah. My little guy's he, he's hanging. He's hanging with us. We're in all same, in one room. Same. Yeah, because yeah. I mean he he um uh. What should I call it? Oh, he—I mean, he—he he wakes up a lot usually, so it's just like, right. like hang out, you know. Well, he hang—he wakes up. This last night, my mm-hmm. little guy—I don't know how this is evolving into a baby. Telemedicine—that's cool, man. Telemedicine, <laughs> but um, yeah, he woke up, and I woke up with the little head on my head here, feet there, and he does all flipping around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, telemedicine. There's a place for it. I think there there is a place. I mean, what we just said, first time parents. I think telemedicine is a great tool. Yeah, mm. save you a lot of headache. Uh, again, I think the drawback is the loss in that personal connection. But I think um, there'll probably be some refinements onto onto that. I mean, uh, and I'm sure that uh, the recording recording devices are going to be a little more sensitive. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because we Eric and I encountered. Um, I don't know if they're still trying to do it, but trying to do physical therapy through telemedicine, mm-hmm. like a hundred percent through it, which I don't agree with. I mean, what I have, I've seen happen here in New York and I've tried it myself and it's worked. You'll have an initial examination, let's say with a patient in person, do the you know full thing. And then if they don't need any, like any other hands-on care, if they're good with the exercises, then you could do like a telemedicine appointment follow up after that that seems to be successful and also the screening kind of steering individuals um into what what they might be able to do like i had a patient who i treated a while ago i still keep in touch with them they're overseas they're athletic and they you know injured their ankle and they sent me a picture just out of curiosity they're like oh i think i might have you know they did the reading mm-hmm. like i think i had a high ankle sprain and i look at it i was like Phew. That's a lot more swelling than a uh, ankle sprain. Maybe I think it'd be a good idea if you get that uh, X-rayed or checked out. And because of that, this individual said that they were more prompt to go to the doctor. And sure enough, they had like a fracture all the way through their fibula. And it was if sh- if they had moved, it would have gone displaced. But they were able to uh, mobilize. It. They put her put them in a cast right away. 
and now it's going to go through a lane. We're still going to do some telemedicine appointments after that. But like things like that, I feel like are helpful because, you know, there's, there, there's already connection there. There's distrust and things like that. Um, but doing that, like th- if that's your business model <laughs> where you're going to do hundred percent of the time, I don't see how that's going to work. Screen- yeah. Um, I think screening and steering would be a good, mm-hmm. you know, the immediacy of, of telemedicine. There's also some cool services where you have, um, a doctor on call that'll show up to your place. I mean, mm. I've heard of that. I've heard of a, a buddy of mine broke, uh, dropped a weight on his toe, and you know he had the blood behind the nail. Oh, and that was going. That will get right necrotic. There. That will get yeah. necrotic quick. So he called the guy, and it's the like guy necrosis, right? Like, <laughs> like what? Isn't that actually like if it dot the nail dot? It's actually necrosis. Exactly. Right? Okay, I didn't know what that it is, actually really was. That is really that is some horrible stuff. But he had someone come over, a, a doctor come over. And take like a syringe, I guess, and drain the blood, and Ooh. a few hundred dollars later. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty cool what where, where tech and medicine are, are meeting. Um, and that's versus him going to the ER and or super con- yeah, urgent or the urgent care. care. It's and, pretty convenient. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the house call is, you know, how much that's going to cost, but but it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, ideally, it's that balance, right? You want you don't want people to stop going to a doctor in person but you want to some people maybe wouldn't go otherwise or with the pt right if people if it's that versus people dropping off you know if you say all right like every four appointments exactly. you come in or there's like some sweet spot it's like hard to I'm sure yeah figure out and then with the doctor stuff it's like a first it's a first effect like if i think if they have any any whiff of something like something's not right on that video or phone thing they're gonna you know tell you to come in and mm-hmm. stuff right right on. right I, I I did that actually. I did a call thing. I think actually this is this is kind of silly. Uh, I, I this um this glass bulb broke when uh, we were like set up for my my wedding a few years ago, and uh, I remember I got like a little shard of the glass. I think got in my eye, and I was like, Ooh. oh. And then I it, it sounds stupid in hindsight. Like I called them like, hey, like I, I might have gotten some glass in my eye. Like <laughs> you know, should I go in? And they're just like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a yeah. Yeah. Or can you like, can you take it out? Great service. Um, yeah. Like I, I was pretty sure it was out, but uh, yeah, that was not one of my, my smarter moments. I mean, so yeah, I mean, we, you were under a lot of stress, I'm assuming. Yeah? Oh, I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. So I went to the doctor for glass in my eye. It was a good, good call. They fished it out. It was so cool. Right. Cause like, oh I, my God. like I'm, I'm just like patient. They're always weird out because I'm like, Oh dude, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, they're like fishing glass out of your eye. Like, and I'm like, can I, <laughs> like, can I watch? Right. And they're like, I think they like, they like put something in where like kind of numbed it a little bit. And then they just like, just, you know, found it and got it. Actually, it would have been bad if it went behind my eye. They said, oh, yeah. But, um, but you know, a little glass and they just, they fished it out and, uh, I don't know. It was like it was like cool to watch. I, just, I like I like seeing this stuff happen. You know, it's really. I've got to get you a, a volunteer job at a, at a surgery. My my yeah. brother always says like you know if I were like a, I, I find this stuff like really satisfying like a chiropractor. He's like, dude, you'd probably be like the happiest person ever, just cracking people every <laughs> day. You know, just crack, crack, crack. crack. Um, there is a high five moment when you have you get a good crack. There is, somebody. and then when you don't get it, you feel kind of low. You're just like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> I remember my girl, I was trying to do it with my girlfriend because she had some neck pain and it, it, her and her sister are notoriously like stiff in the thoracic spine. So like I had to do like three different Smashes. positions. <laughs> Pretty thoracic smashing. I remember I got in the most aggressive position. We were on the ground and I like, I, I she was on her back 
I had the pistol grip, and I was I went as hard as I could. I got the loudest cry. I was like, "Yes!" So, <laughs> I got up and started running around. We, we were told not to do this in school. I know, no high fives. Our no teacher was so funny, but she's like, "If you high five after you get the crack with a patient, you're gonna make a bad impression." Um, <laughs> no, so I, so Elliot's had a varied experience with uh, with medicine, all yeah, telemedicine, PT, doctors. Do you see a difference from the East Coast, West Coast in terms of, not really, right? No. It's the same, no. pretty standard stuff. I guess, I don't know if, I don't if I've been to doctor. I don't, know if I, I don't feel like I've had that many injuries in my life, but I think I just pay attention when I go. I'm like always really interested. I'm like, well, what are you guys doing? You know, this. <laughs> I like antibiotics a lot, too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys in, are you guys into those? You take, uh, yeah, yeah, every other month I like to switch it up. <laughs> I hear some good ones. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, no, I, because uh, I got I got food poisoned like real bad one time. I was in Peru like eight years ago or something. I had to go to the hospital. Oof. Yeah, dude. And I got terrible. some Cipro, like IV. Like, IV Cipro. Dude, because I was just losing fluid just like so bad, right? Um, That's terrible. And uh, yeah, and I got Cipro. And I remember just it just felt like this, like dude, this doctor, <laughs> dry doctor, not a dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some dude in Lima just helped me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like, oh man, I wish I was in Lima. I was far from there, but um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, not, not a dude. It was not incredulous. It was a doctor at a hospital, and yeah, I felt like he took a truck off my chest. You know, wow. like I just woke up things. I was like, oh, I feel so just. Not not high, just like literally, just just like that refresh. That that demon was gone, you know. Because <laughs> you've been food poisoned before, right? Oh, oh yeah, oh, you, you, forget you feel how, like you're dying. You you do you do feel like you're dying, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this one maybe I would. I don't know. Like I was because if you can't keep the water, down, I mean, I took like a some like a modium or something to try to stop things to keep the water down. But even that just I barfed up. Wow, yeah. so That's bad. um, but uh, oh man, yeah. So antibiotics are pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, just when you need, yeah, definitely when you need them. Where in Peru? Where was this? This so, was near like Huanchaco. Huanchaco. No, I just know Cusco. And near near uh, what the hell is it? Agua Caliente. The near uh, Machu Picchu, and Lima. Yeah, that's like the east east side. This was on the west coast. I mean, Huanchaco is near uh, Trujillo. Okay, it's like um, yeah, kind of on the, the coast there. And like uh, hmm. I was with a buddy, and yeah, I remember it's like blurry in my head. It looks like one of those like. Born ultimatum, born I did like one of those films where there's like this blurry scene where someone's being thrown in a van. Like that's like me <laughs> going to the hospital, right? As I'm just like, oh, just like losing it. So, oh man, some, sometimes these stomach, like yeah, food poisoning. You, for how common it is, it's just it's so intense. It is very powerful. It's interesting because people talk about how the gut is such a key component of our immunity and our our health and stuff like that. And so when it gets attacked, it takes us down. It's uh, literally, literally, yeah, <laughs> same man. We had this. There was like some sort of like uh, norovirus, rotavirus type thing going around last uh, winter. Do you guys get that? I, I do remember so. that. Yeah, this was you know like norovirus. They call it like twenty four hour stomach flu, but there's not like a real not influenza, but it's like a yeah twenty four hour bug. Definitely, I'd say in the last three to five years, there's been a lot of those. Um, yeah, but pretty. Pretty intense where you hear one person has it. I remember in the clinic down in uh, 14 in Union Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely called out months. Yeah. That'll, I mean, head cold. You could, you, you can't shrug that off no. at all. Yeah. I mean, well, this was, th- yeah, this was. I, I came out for like work and to see family, and um, 
I remember someone had gotten a little sick before that, whatever. It's like, oh, I just like, you know, just barf and diarrhea for a night, whatever. <laughs> so I'm here and I remember like I, I go into work and I, I remember like um, like feeling fine and then like, like on the way back to Jersey, I was saying my mother-in-law's house, like I'm on NJ Transit and I'm like, uh, like wait, you know, what's going which, on? Which car is the bathroom? You know, get right over by uh, it, right, no. and 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 use that bathroom, and then um, so that that was you know the, the, the diarrhea part, and then so it 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 had a cycle. It was like every hour you'd get like I think like diarrhea, and then like 15 minutes later you, you'd vomit, or 10 minutes, or I don't know, like it literally has like it was like on a clock or something. This virus, it was someone programmed it that way, right? Um. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, conspiracy theory. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so, like, the diarrhea is on the NJ Transit. And then I'm like, um, I mean, this is a show about medicine. You can say the word diarrhea. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Fine, man. Necrosis, yeah. diarrhea. Yeah. And so then I, I, I feel fine. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. And then I, I get in a, uh, I get in a lift because she, she was far from the train, my mother-in-law. And I'm in the lift. And at some point I'm like, Oh, you know, no. this dude wants to like talk a bunch, right? <laughs> and uh, I'm just like, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, this is- <laughs> I'm not doing well. Shut up. <laughs> You're like Jeff Daniels from Dumb and Dumber when he gets all the X lax. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, yeah, like this guy's nice, but you know, I'm like, and he actually didn't be a real nice guy, but he, um, somebody, I'm like, yo, dude, you just gotta pull over. Dude. <laughs> Some dude's yard, and I just vomit so hard. Oh my god! And then um, the guy must have been like, "Yo, what's up with this guy?" Well, he was—he was super nice about it, right? Because oh, he was good. like, like once he realized I wasn't doing well, and he was just like, "Oh, here, like," I'm like, "Yeah, you can get going. I don't know how I don't know how long it's gonna take." <laughs> He's like, "No, dude, I'll wait." I'm like, well, that's so nice of you. And then he Do gave you- me this like this like old T-shirt in the back of his car to just like, wipe off. <laughs> I got in. I get into my, but I get in my mother-in-law's house then, and. I'm like, oh, Melody, I, you know, like, I, I, I just I just vomited. And right, like, as I'm telling her this, my son just vomits. And it was like that scene from Family Guy where they all make each other vomit. They took the Epic Act or whatever it's called. Yeah, Epic Yeah. I love that show, vom- man. We were all just vomiting. Uh, and, like, um, but so, like, my wife had had it for, like, two, two days earlier or something. And so, like, I, it ended up. My my son was having the first birthday party. We had one in in Wisconsin. My family we had one. We were going to have one out here. We had to cancel it because it tore through everybody at some point. Oh. I mean, it was it was like it was it wasn't that bad though because it was like a night of horror, a, <laughs> a day of like just you were so tired, right? Like what? just from just vomiting and all that, and then um and you had like the chills at night and all that, and then the next day you're just like back in order, right? Um, but yeah, I think like I counted it and it was like. 11 of us plus the dog like everybody <laughs> got oh it and God. some were some some not as bad you know different variations of it and then mm-hmm. the guy like i remember like one of the guys i met with at work that day and like we like we had like a long one-on-one we were like drawing the whiteboard sharing this <laughs> marker <laughs> Dude, he went down so like it was that thing was so contagious um i hope to stay away from him i, I know what you mean I know what you mean because you you look at the person you're like, damn, I feel so bad. I hope it doesn't yeah. happen to me. And then and it like, does. it does. Twenty four hours later, <laughs> we, like he got yeah. Me we sick. had a text thread. It's just like you know, like oh, Colin went down. You know, just, like, <laughs> we're just dropping left. And right. it, it was kind of funny at a point because I mean, it was just 
sometimes I, I just laugh, right? When I'm just like sitting there, like I, I think I filled up like a water bottle with just like hot water and just like hugged it all night, just like <laughs> chills. No, the chills, the chills are the worst because that that's what the, the feeling of death k- kicks in. You're like, oh my god, I got a fever. Why do I have a fever? Something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, it's scary with the babies, right? Oh, like, man. oh man, it's really uh, scary. With I, I remember, I mean, again off topic, but it's fun. But um, mm-hmm. little guy was. Had a little diarrhea, one, two, three times. We called a nurse and she asked, how many times? It's like, oh, about three or four. It's like, oh, it, it's okay. He could have diarrhea up to seven times. Wow. In what, like a day? In a day, seven to eight times. And even then, if he's taking in liquids and peeing, you know, yeah, he's okay. all right. If he's not dehydrated, just let it pass. I can't imagine seven, eight times and diarrhea. Then we were like seven. I mean, little guys, he was, he probably... But he had a fever, and we went high fever, 103. Damn. And we were checking it, called the doctor. The doctor said, it's finally my wife is like, we're going to ER. And, of course, we get to ER, his fever's down, mm. no diarrhea. But Yeah, so it, would you do telemedicine at that, that point? Probably would, but with a with a high fever, man, they say, scare they scare you with high fevers. Because they mean, can't take fevers over, unless they have you do it, but then yeah, they can't and, really trust. And then, yeah, I mean, we gave him like some... I'm skeptical of baby medicine also, mm. right? So mm. some kind of baby Tylenol, which, you know, has like grape dye and green, all types of stuff inside mm. this medicine. Mm. Anyway, um, luckily the little guy uh, pulled through. It was mm. it was fine, but scary. scary well, so you, you had not done baby Tylenol on that, like not for teething or anything? We hadn't for a while, but what a – it was a, not a good move because that – that works like a charm. I mean, there was a, mm. an incident recently where he started teething. teething, and you give him some baby Tylenol. The little guy That's slept good. through the night. Everybody was happy. So, mm. Ty- it, I mean, Tylenol's about it. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty. That, that, like that, that's a less exotic drug, you know. Exactly. What I mean? It's been exactly. pretty well. He's not studied, taking you know? oxy. You're not giving him. You know. You're not giving yeah, him. Yeah. No. no, no. But but it lauded. Was, yeah. <laughs> perk. No, but um. Yeah, I, I've I've turned the corner with the Tylenol. My my sister in law was like, you know, you're being ridiculous with the damn dye. Give him the Tylenol. <laughs> you know, his, his fever's up, um, but it works. It really works. I'm skeptical of uh, of some other stuff, but I mean, I, I think they used to just put whiskey in a rag or you know in the gums. Really, really right? did. Yeah, yeah. Really so. did. my mom tells me that all the time. It's got to be a <laughs> lot. Le- <laughs> I just give you a little whiskey. <laughs> Tylenol sounds better than that. Right? It does. It does, man. God, now that I think of all these moments, I can understand why I'm a little messed up. It's okay. <laughs> you were sleeping on your stomach with a bottle of whiskey. Um, I, I'm curious to see baby PT. That would be really interesting to see. It is. It's uh, we've. I mean, I've only seen videos of baby PT, but um, things like one of the videos that we saw in uh, school, there is, oh, God, it's totally escaping me, when a uh, baby can sometimes get an overdevelopment of one of their neck muscles. Torticollis. Oh. Thank you. Yes, yep. torticollis. Huh. So there's turn that one way. And so it's usually, it's not an emergency situation, but a PT is, a pediatric PT is skilled to do a combination of a release and then have them train to look to the other side. And they can usually get out of it after like a couple of weeks of PT. Wow. And then people, then they did show some people who didn't get it treated. And then that carries over until they're, they're young adulthood and they'll have their kind of neck uh, turned to the side one of my one of my neck one mm-hmm. side of my neck is like way 
stronger and tighter, dude. Yeah, yeah I don't SCM. know. SEM pro. Yeah, really? Because yeah, I'll be like lifting something. This time, be like popping out. You know? <laughs> no, I think we all. I mean, maybe, most of us have, have a little that. dominant. You should have one that's probably a little bit more because we, we'll have a tendency, if, like especially if we're reading or something, we'll tilt to one side and like lean to one side. It's rare that you're just kind of neutral hmm. as you're reading or anything. I'll smash uh, it later. <laughs> <laughs> Still behaves, you know. Just... I remember we were joking because it was on the subject. It was similar to after Kelly Starr. I was joking with the PT John, and he's he he's a very I don't know. Did you ever meet John? Jezequiel at the east side when you were there. Yes, nice guy. But he um he's he's got a very uh, funny way about telling jokes. Like he's very calm and and he's like, yeah, I think they're they'll have a class now at Equinox where you just walk in and the teacher just has a bat and just starts beating <laughs> you down and then they write about it later, just saying like, oh, it was so great. I was in so much pain afterwards. <laughs> really sore. This, this stuff is getting so extreme, right? I mean, yeah. the, the go rock and then even um I've heard that. I didn't realize tough mudder. I thought you just like ran in the mud and then got sick from the the feces or whatever. But um, <laughs> my my one of my friends was telling me the same as Go Rock. I'm, I'm, poor guy, he, he he's a great guy. He um yeah, actually cool. and he he's really into, he's really into fitness. He was one of the guys who's like telling me five by five. But he he was saying um tough mudder. He's like yeah, I mean you know he he thought it was also just like run through the mud and uh, mm. the feces thing is recent. I think they discovered that the 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 mud has a lot of feces in it. Oh, I didn't know. That. I, didn't I don't know. know. That. I saw something. About, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe it's just one race or something. But um, <coughs> should, <laughs> of course. Well, I hope this this uh, podcast doesn't blow up and it's like you know, no. I'm plagiarizing t- or um, uh, slandering tough motor. I have no idea. I mean, it looks kind of cool. But he was telling me he uh, they had this like thing where it's just like they like exposed wires with, like yes, just like hanging. I've heard of this. And he like ran through it and he just he just like he must have hit one and blacked out. He just woke up. He's just like what? Oh my you know, cuz he, he got shocked, out. right? Um that's another You ever heard about this? I, no, I heard of their obstacles, but I didn't know about the wires and then there's like a, a like a cold water tub you have to go through. I heard about that. Oh, I don't know about that. It's usually right after the wires. <laughs> so a patient was telling me about this. I was like, "Wait, what?" doing again <laughs> yeah, i mean you know i i'm not i'm not an expert and i know there's a lot of different paths of fitness but i just don't think like electric shock and blacking out i don't think either of those are, no. like if those are obstacles you know you have to you, you have to mount to to get to the side of physical fitness then sure i'll do it but i, I don't i think there's probably another path there's there definitely another, another path, path. I mean, unless you want to go into combat. I mean, that might prepare you for combat. And then they'll probably do, like, the blanks on either side. It's like Sometimes shooting. Sometimes those aren't blanks. But, <laughs> but I, I, I agree with you. With, with I think we're we're seeing interesting trends in fitness going right to that edge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, tapping into a little endorphin release, which we all love. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lee's sister um, gave a... Uh, a lecture on kettlebells and one of the things she said struck me and sticks in my head but anything we do fitness wise you really want to think of is this sustainable right mm. can i run across this barbed wire four days mm. a week and yeah, still yeah. and still you know show mm. up the next day i mean mm-hmm. is it sustainable and i think um yeah high intensity has its place but um uh, it has to be you know even your elite athletes you know they're not going 120% 24 7 rarely yeah. they go that much yeah i mean re- and rest you know so important i mean that's here even on the the five by five it's um people usually do monday wednesday friday so you get one day one day um and then two days of rest and even sometimes i just like 
take an extra day of rest, right? Because rest is so, you know, so mm -hmm. good, right? It's so, so as you get older, it takes longer, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, we're, I'm definitely experiencing that uh, on a personal <laughs> level that, yeah, the recovery is actually, that's where the magic happens, right? That's yeah. where, um, you know, the work matters, but how we recover is uh, is critical. And mm -hmm. definitely as we age, uh, it's more of an, uh, uh, an issue. You can't get shocked every day, you know. No, it's I mean, like, like a you know, barbed you wire once a month. <laughs> hmm. That's crazy. I, I always wanted to run. Those are like usually three to five miles, right? They're you not, you can go usually... all the way up to like half marathon distance. I've heard of people so, doing the half marathons, Tough Mudder, and even the Spartan races. Oh, those are those seem cool too. Those are a little different from my understanding because like you do have obstacles, but you're doing things like tasks. You're like throwing oh. a, a spear. Like 25 yards cool. or whatever, yeah. I, I like the obstacle part. That sounds really cool. That's actually why yeah. I looked into it, and then I was just like, whoa. you know, It's kind of like the Kelly Starr thing where you start like, <laughs> <laughs> cool, I got some obstacles. You're like, Shh, barb, what? Like, or what, not what? barb, it's like electric like wires. Like, yeah. It's just like, so it just weird. starts to go like kind of off course, you know? Like, mm -hmm. um, It's like something but, happened during the plane. You're like, yeah, we'll have like a wall, and then we'll have like, you know, some, some mud to go through, and then we're going to have the wires hanging right, down. Right. <laughs> and then the alligator pit. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what was that? Yeah, alligator pit? <laughs> uh, uh, I saw this thing on TV the other day. They were, they were doing the um, – they were showing uh, multiple snapping turtles, and they are showing <laughs> <laughs> the croc snapping turtle. Is that right? It was like a crocodile snapping turtle, and then they had the regular snapping turtle. And this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, <laughs> right. but I just thought it was crazy. The crocodile, it had like the mouth open this big. The, the other one was like this big. And the guy was like, well, this is more dangerous. And he put his head near it. And the thing just like had like a really long snap with the, the neck elongated. And this guy just was like doing this. And it just looked interesting. But imagine if they put one of those in the mud that, and they crazy, had to man. run around on the, one of those guys. Tough mudder. Yeah. So five by five. What else are you into these days, fitness wise, man? So you said you're running a little. A little bit, yeah. Uh, a little bit of running, that lifting, and then uh, I, you know, I just want to just do cardio. I got this friend who, um, he uh, actually I met him through the guy, the, the guy who's a little go rucks. It's funny because they're mm. like polar, op they're polar opposites <laughs> on this. They're both awesome guys. They're good friends. Um, and uh, he was like, I guess when I met him, he already lost a ton of weight, but he. Um, was saying I'm like you know how, you know how'd you lose weight and I'm expecting like this like crazy answer right because like you know well it was a couple of years ago I mean 2016 remember we're in the era of like how to lose weight it's like well I just like I don't know like barbecue sauce enema, <laughs> enemas or something you know, some, some like crazy thing or just true. like this you know true. CrossFit and like intermittent fasting or you know some like well, thing and he's just like yeah I just um. Just went to the gym and uh, just did like cardio. You know, like, <laughs> lost like a hundred pounds, some crazy amount. I'm like, you know, how much? What machines is it? It was like literally like the most boring thing. It's like, you know, government says do X number of minutes of cardio. Your heart rate in this cer certain heart rate. So it's like this guy, like no one actually reads or follows, right? They're like, no, I need to like tough mutter my way through this. And like, right, the right. shocks will like, you know, trigger my <laughs> nervous system to, you know, I don't know turn my you know fat burning cells on it's like mm -hmm. no he's actually just like the government's been saying this forever i just did what they said <laughs> um and just like elliptical or like bike and mm -hmm. he just like lost a ton of weight wow. and uh mm -hmm. so after he said that i was like so inspired by his just like 
like moderate like or like yeah like moderate extremist stance of just i just <laughs> went to the gym got my heart rate in the target heart rate zone so i got mm-hmm. on the, the bike or the elliptical and i mean it's, it's hard at first because it's just so boring yeah that's it but yeah. once you yeah. get over that hump so i just go like uh mm-hmm. i'll do like in the middle of the day i got membership at blink you know because yeah. they oops maybe i'm like can't can't they don't they don't pay me you know no, anything. No, so okay. um, maybe you could get them no. <laughs> they probably don't have money to because it's so cheap right uh, mm. it's like 25 bucks a month for it's crazy so like i'll just go there just pop in for just like a quick like bike or elliptical workout and like you know just like you feel so good right mm. um like this whole debate lifting or cardio but they're you know they're both good and like uh gotta take care of that that heart so yeah um yeah, so I just do that once in a while too. So oh, cool. Cool. looking to get into martial arts, so that's my that's my next. Yeah, no, that's what we were talking point. about. Uh, I was trying to get him in the jujitsu track, um, which would be awesome. But you yeah. wanted to do? Uh, you were thinking of, there was a studio near your place, or yeah, it... I think it's like taekwondo or something. I don't know if it's for grown ups though. I just see kids there, so mm-hmm. I don't know if it's gonna <laughs> be like <laughs> the creeper. You're gonna show just, up. It's just be me and a bunch of. It's just like some out of a movie. Me and a bunch of kids, right? Like, they're just gonna like. Like, come at me. Like, I'll hit them, and they'll cry. And, they'll be, <laughs> and then I'll, they'll be like, uh, they'll just, like, beat me up or whatever, you know. And they're just like, oh, you can't hit a kid, you know. Oh, that's like hilarious. I, like, I, I, used to, I used to go to this, um, not, not often, but a couple of times. There was, like, this dodgeball, like, trampoline dodgeball place out in California. Trampoline dodgeball. That sounds awesome. It was awesome. Jeez. But, um, you know, we go, but there were, like, a bunch of these, like, like just punk ass middle school kids, right? And you'd be like, dude, I hit you. Like, get out. You know, and they're just like, I'm a kid. And you're like, no, dude, like, this is a game, dude. You know, yeah, like they're playing cutthroat, right? But then when they get hit, they just play. They're like, oh, I'm just a kid who doesn't know what's going on. And you're like, you can't have, you know. And then if you just like drill them with a ball, like they're going to like, oh, why would you hit a kid? Right? Dude, it's dodgeball. Like, you know, you're. <laughs> Oh, man, that's hilarious. I that's love great. dodgeball. You guys, you guys play dodgeball? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. of course, man. I, I played dodgeball for. That was like that was like phys ed yeah. in public school. That was the last year. time I played is during when I was in oh, yeah. school. I'd yeah. love to play as an adult. I wonder if they have any places. I mean, we uh, in college in our dorm, we like um, did a couple like tournaments. We just uh, it was kind of like under the table because it was like there was like a racquetball court that like they were like <laughs> you cannot use this for dodgeball and we're like uh, we just booked it anyway and. <laughs> Played until they got we got kicked out, but like just just a great game, like really yeah. underrated. Good yeah, movie too. It's a real oh, I love that stuff. movie, man. So good. Avoid avoid the ball. Hit so the, much fun. Hit the person with the ball. Hey, you you feel so alive when you're in there, right? Yeah. Like, there's just like all these balls coming at you, and you're trying to catch, you're trying to swat. It's so much fun. I had um, a patient who he uh, he was in a league, and that was his thing. Like he was, it was pretty serious. From what I understood, like dodgeball movie series, kind of like, like you go. He, I didn't ask Colobo him if they played gym. for money, but <laughs> <laughs> it was like you know they had a coach. You know, Patches O'Houlihan was the coach. <laughs> 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 you could dodge a wrench. You could dodge a ball. <laughs> oh man, I would, I would, I would totally do that. I, I, I think too. like I really like like playing. I, I haven't done it out here, but out in California, I was playing some soccer, and I just mm. oh, you get in that field and you just just chase the ball you just feel so so good every year you get, i get older i like like just playing like that more oh you it's the engagement right like you just mentioned something about the cardio being kind of boring <clears throat> but like you said all these um exercise physiology guidelines are out there for everybody to follow but they're, they're, it's pretty boring you know yeah um but the engagement <clears throat> you know I, I would definitely say and you know recently lee put me onto uh the jujitsu life and mm. 
I mean, it, it's talk about engaging. You know, you have no choice when someone is attempting to uh, murder you. Murder you, yeah, strangle you. You know, you gotta you gotta be engaged, and nothing else matters. <laughs> but I, I mean, anything like you just said, soccer, anything, dodgeball that, that's engaging. I think that is one of the key elements to. Um, I think pushing a little further because with that engagement, you're not thinking about how long have I been here. This is yeah. well, this is 15 minutes into this bike ride. Right. All right, five more, and I'll get the benefit. <laughs> yeah. We had this guy who um, he was a physical therapist. We've talked about him before. His name is Ben Gold, and he was doing a presentation when we were the old company. And um, he was there was a lot of questions. He was doing a, a presentation about neck pain and like nerve tension and headaches and stuff like that. And he made a really good point because I think he's had a lot of clinical experience and he was just a smart guy and. He was like, you know, we in general as adults, uh, and he's Australian. I can't do an Australian accent, so I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. But uh, uh, he said, we in general as adults, we just stop playing. Like, obviously, yeah. we, we engage and we have to work. We usually have to sit or whatever it is we have to do for work. And then we just stop playing around. Like, we, we're, le- we're not reaching for a ball. We're not running and turning. Like, we're not doing these open environment kind of things where when we're kids, we're doing that all the time. And our, our nervous system is pretty healthy for the most part. Um, but he's, he was theorizing, like, if we were to do that regularly, it would really make a big difference. Obviously, we have to do it within the safety of our own capabilities, but <clears throat> I totally agree with that. I feel like even that's what I feel like jujitsu itself has kind of forced, it's forcing you to do that because, like, if someone's putting your arm and you don't want it to get arm barred and you have to, like, scramble to get out, you're doing all these crazy things, you're spazzing out and, well, I mean, obviously, you're skillful. I should say that. Skillful way to get out. Uh, something like that. <laughs> but anyways, I thought that was interesting. No, play. Play. So that's cool, man. Pick up soccer. Yeah. I mean, that's why all of these leagues are pretty pretty popular. I mean, adult sports in the mm. city are a big, big thing. What is mm. the one that starts with Z? Zog sports? Zog. I think it's Zog, yeah. They have a lot of sports. They have football, they have soccer. I don't know if they have dodgeball. They might have dodgeball. I think so they. Good. I think they do have dodgeball. Yeah. Man, is there a soccer field somewhere around? I don't know. There is. I mean, I have to go out to Brooklyn. Stuff. By me in Long Island City, there's one. There's the, probably up here by in yeah. Remember what the field that we went to Dude, for the well, kettlebell stuff? Up by you, man. There's just like yeah, like farms. I don't know. It's like <laughs> crazy, right? like, so like, much space, man. Like milk track. a cow up there. So that's I don't right. know. I mean, uh, that's why I love yeah, it that's, there. that's why. Yeah, it's awesome, right? Um, probably not like here, like Wall Street area and stuff. No, I don't think so. I think Chelsea Chelsea Piers has a couple. Oh yeah, Chelsea. Oh, yeah, that place is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a holy cow. I went there one once, like some friend like invited me or something. I don't even know. I felt like it was exclusive. It was like an honor. So it was like <laughs> that place is just I awesome. mean, yeah, it's that's huge. a place you go for like four hours and do everything. It's right, like a compound. You could golf, you could play soccer, swim. Might probably wrestle in a different room. I don't it know. It costs a lot. It does. Yeah. It's a pricey. Um, well, it, there's probably tiers of memberships, I'm assuming, right? Maybe. I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I wonder how much it makes sense as a business, right? Because it's like it almost would make more sense as like a few separate businesses, I would think. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, do you want to play racquetball, soccer, like hot tub, Walk. swimming, <laughs> rock climbing, you know, drastic smashing, like all in one place? <laughs> like most people would be like, no, I, I, I rock climb or I like, you know, do Smash. water polo or something. <laughs> yeah, like, right, right. You know, so like there's it, – it seems like a lot of stuff in one place. Do they have a rock wall? I didn't know that. I'm sh- Everything. Yeah. They had rock walls. But they, I- they have like a rock climbing gym there. Uh-huh. We like rock climbed for a while and then we did something else. I remember. That's so cool. No, I, though, 
businesses like that are, are getting attacked by smaller boutiques that that offer a specialized either rock climbing, tissue smashing, whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever it is. But you're, you know, you're definitely right that 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 model is being. I don't know how they're staying afloat, but um, yeah, they're, they're definitely the big bigger chains are getting attacked by smaller ones, and that's why Blink actually. Uh, they're getting in the mix. Yeah. I mean, Blink is actually a subsidiary, I think, um, of Equinox. Yep. Are they yep. really? Uh, yeah. So. I mean, Equinox is, it's not a bad gym. They had one um, back out in, in Pal- when, when Facebook office near Palo Alto and they had some like corporate raid. And then, like, there were, it was some way that you could get it for a regional price for a short period of time. Because mm-hmm. right. that place is expensive. It and, is. Uh, you know, it, it was, it, it wasn't bad. Like it had like you know like 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 squat racks and it had all, like all the equipment, but it wasn't like it wasn't like that amazing. It didn't have like more squat racks or more of this. It had like you know eucalyptus whatever towels and okay, so yeah. and blink now they they have um, some of them have squat racks and stuff like full power cage and so that's that's good. That's no, pretty sweet. All, I mean. The, what you're paying for, I don't think, has anything to do with the workout. It's just what you said, the amenities, the fact that they have maybe three people uh, with their cleaning staff as opposed to one. They got special shampoo, special yeah. sh- conditioner, keels. Warm towels, Q-tips, shaving yep. cream. Smells nice. Mouthwash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <Not> <laughs> These things are nice, but it's like you know you got a kid. So if you're just in and out, right? Oh, you know, it, doesn't, just, it, like, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> it's running in, you can look at the kills. I'm not. I'm not no, going to go shave. You know? No, 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 no. Or, or you're not going to read the paper, you know, in a towel. I've just seen. Sitting there, this, I've people, seen all of this. Most people Equinox. just chill. Most people oh. better just chill or look yeah. at themselves in the mirror. When, when no. you have a kid, you can't even. No. You just, just go quick, right? Go I mean, that, that's awesome because I got a. Um, Billion uh, gym in my building. Yes, that, that's the key with the squat rack. Oh, that's good. Good. That, that, not that, that like that's everything. <clears throat> like I'm not like squat zone. Like you squat or like you're nobody. But like <laughs> you know, it is like there are some gyms that are like literally just you know a few cardio machines or like hotel type gyms, right? Yes, yes. yes and yes. Uh, I think that like adding the squat rack that you get. Like, you know, if you have a barbell, you can do, like, the deadlifts and squat and so much more. And you can kind of improvise with, with, the, with the dumbbells. But uh, mm-hmm. the squat rack, I think, is a real key feature. Definitely. That, that and more recently for me, the uh, last couple of years, kettlebell. If there's not kettlebells. a kettlebell. Yep. It's got to be kettlebell. Yep. Not a kettlebell. He'll just walk out. He'll throw <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, but um, but having – you just said it, man, a squat. That definitely tells you um, somebody designed that thoughtfully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, the cool part would say like a like a, a gym in like an apartment or a gym at like work. We had one out in California. We don't have one here. Um, but uh, is the incentives are totally different, right? Because at work or at um, even the apartment, they, they actually like want you to use it, right? Like they they don't want to scare you away. But at a gym, they actually like don't want you to go because mm, they nice. make all their money based off people subscribing and not going mm-hmm. right. so it's it's kind of sad to think about how expensive a gym would be if if everyone like had to go god and then that goes into the thing it'd be expensive but overall you'd probably be reducing healthcare costs if everybody mm-hmm. was going you know yeah. i mean it would yeah that's a big big topic uh, i think certain insurance even certain certain insurers incentivize that 
somehow mm. they pay a percentage. Yeah, the, so they there's now programs that I think the bigger insurers will do to if if you can either I can't remember how it works, but I had another client who, attendance. You just show your attend you know, you ask the gym to sign you know, sign yes. you off. And there's some programs to show like if you can I only saw this as an advertisement. I don't know if it's true, but if you can prove that you can run two miles in a certain time or if you can lift your own body weight. Do you ever see this? No, that's pretty cool. Then you get some sort of discount. On that's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's an incentive. Like, that's like the future. I feel like, you know, they do this over in Europe too. I think they incentivize doctors. So if their patients have lower blood pressures over time, their health is starting to improve, they'll they'll get um, like either paid more, yeah, bonus or whatever it is. Um, again, these are things that I read. I don't know how factual oh, they are. But. You just got to make sure they can't discriminate, right? And just take all the healthy patients. Right. You know? Or just fudge the numbers. Be like, yeah, this guy's 280 with a high cholesterol. And, well, he lost 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty interesting. I mean, they could they could say you save five bucks a year. And if they set up as a challenge, I would go for it. You know, just yeah, to feel like I'd want to be in the healthy category. For sure. Um, I want to, my dream someday is build a home gym. That'd be so sick, yeah, right? Man. Like if I lived, you know, not not like in the city and stuff, because that wouldn't make any sense. But like, mm-hmm. just have like squat rack and have stuff there. Just like people come over, like, dude, you just want to like let's go work squat. out. <laughs> no, that that's the ultimate convenience. Um, I know myself included. Like stuff that I do home, I have to have a rhythm because it's either I'm in the gym mode or home mode. Yeah. But I think the convenience factor is key. Mm-hmm. When the kid naps, sometimes it's good. Like I, I did that a little bit when I was like um, on leave, staying home with him, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I was like super sleep deprived, super tired. But I was just like, dude, I, I just like opened a notebook. And I was like, I make like a no excuses workout, you know, just with the <laughs> kettlebell and body weight stuff. And it is kind of just like, you, know, you really don't need that much to just kick uh, your own ass. Man, that, that was a saving grace when my little guy was small. I mean, the um, I think I had started. Did I start jujitsu? Not yet. Hmm. No, I'm more fit. I think a, a squeezing a workout, and at the time I was running for a half marathon. But if I hmm. were to squeeze in that run, life, even as sleep deprived as I am, you always feel better. Yeah, totally. Oh mm-hmm. You're gosh. able to handle that. But with jujitsu, I mean, with with his uh, his shifting of sleeping and stuff, mm-hmm. I think jujitsu totally helped out with uh, definitely helped out with my reaction to his little switches. Little man. I mean, it, it constantly switches, right? Yeah, mm. totally. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know if you noticed, like, I, I clearly got uh, fatter but stronger arms just from carrying him all the time. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to hear patients talk about holding their babies, and I, in my head, I'm like, come on, man. How heavy <laughs> is a baby? You know, like, why, why are you 35 complaining? Pounds. No, it, it's it's the dead. Sometimes it's dead weight. Sometimes it's live weight. Uh-huh. Sometimes yeah. it's kicking weight. Um you're in some weird positions all totally. the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you definitely, it, it sounds, it, my arm's fatigue. As sadly as that's not from holding him, you, you just have to tap it. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, quick question in terms of, well, it's kind of a little question, but I'm curious to, to see, uh, from your perspective in in, in how you, have gone through the health system so far because you've, you know, seen doctors. You have a baby who's seen doctors. You've got, you've had PT. Um, definitely gone the health route, going to the gym and everything. Do you see there's, you know, there's, there's probably many different things, but do you feel like there might be one thing 
or a handful of things that can happen in our system to make it more efficient or things that could be kind of more uh, reinforced. Like for us, we're huge on obviously the education part of it, the offering a conservative management, the um, the access to people like who are well-intentioned, well-informed to practitioners who can give that information to patients, things mm. like that. Do you see that in the U.S. right now? Do you feel like that's a possibility or is that's? I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, like the system as a whole, I feel like, you know, I'm like splitting hairs almost with, with what, what would be better for me. Cause I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a pretty privileged position to have, ins- you know, good insurance. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't been slammed with, um, <clears throat> any legit medical bills that can resolve. <laughs> right, I've, I've right, definitely right, had right. some, uh, like co-insurance situation. Right, right. I actually got myself into where, hmm. you know, they're like, you owe a bazillion right. dollars. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it was actually just like this form didn't get between. Cause like I right. like had switched, uh, you know, providers right, and they, right. they just got caught the things got caught in the middle uh, co-insurance is bad co-insurance yeah. is very bad um, <laughs> yeah because like when they backed it i think they just they overlap they can end up overlapping yeah. and um it's just a bureaucratic mess um yeah but uh yeah i mean like obviously there's just like there's like as i'm like debating pt and surgery there's so many people that just like aren't even at that like level of of access you know mm-hmm. so like there's like some pretty obvious like basic stuff where just like you know people be able to go to the doctor right I mean the the telemedicine is interesting because like there was someone who like if that's like cheaper and then they can like go to the doctor at all you know it's a win if it's like someone who like is just being lazy and really should go to the doctor because they have like some really bad thing going on mm-hmm. it's kind of like maybe not maybe not good so mm-hmm. um, yeah so that the the access and stuff I mean like. You know, if everyone could get just like just a basic level of care, that'd be yeah, that'd be man. huge, Definitely. right? Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, ideally, you structure it where like there's like a there's like a top end, right, where people who want to pay for more can like develop new technologies that eventually make make their way back. Um, right. I mean, some of that we have in the U.S. It feels oh, like you sure. know there is like the cutting edge stuff. They just don't mm. like the the access doesn't get to everybody. It seems like the the big problem yeah i mean we were highlighting that last time with some articles uh there was a it was two things it was a drug that the insurer was denying pain and it was approved by the fda and prescribed by the physician and then there was a transplant liver transplant and those things those two things were immediately denied but i think both of them ended up getting approved yes after a lengthy hoop jumping things like that i guess that that's my biggest thing that i at least I think for what we see, and I have no idea how to reduce this because I'm not an expert in this, but the that kind of putting aside these cases where they're like, no, we're going to just deny you while we just maybe investigate your situation, but we might not. Like, we won't acknowledge it. So I feel like if they have the insurance and they have, you know, they're already paying a premium and whatever, however they're getting their insurance... And then they lose access to, like, let's say, a life-threatening solution. Yeah, I think you bring up a really cool point where it's um, he he hit it right on the head. Like, mm-hmm. we're dealing with this top ten percent that have the insurance, right? We have and they have the better best insurance possible, and they're still getting these hiccups. And then I think the the, the other issue is what you just said is like healthcare, a basic level for for everybody. Because I mean, mm-hmm. essentially, we're going to pay for that somewhere or another. 
where our support for Bernie Sanders will come out next week. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's his like big thing, right? It's yeah, like, healthcare. Yeah, but I mean, you just said it. It is a, it is an issue where the people that do have insurance and have these choices, it, it's just a whole different thing, right? No, it's two different issues, but definitely something will happen soon. I guess yeah, I we'll see. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because yeah, and then even um, this is kind of sad, but even the countries where they have a uh, government health care mm-hmm. like there's still you can get these situations where it moves from being like fighting a corporation just to fighting the government to to yes. um yes. cover stuff like mm-hmm. i was reading about this some drug in canada where the company was charging so much for the drug and the government was saying we won't cover it but you know people needed it right mm-hmm. and and there's like there's like this kind of tough negotiation because they're like charged less like no we won't you don't get the drug and that's like the government but there's no there aren't multiple options, you know, right. and so um, as if there really are with, with uh, insurance companies, who knows? Um, like they, you don't, you don't, it's not as much of a marketplace, I think, as, as people think. Here, yeah. But, uh, you know, people will like, it'll become a political issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like elect this politician to like, they'll put this medicine on the list or, you mm-hmm. know, it's a family member politician. They'll like write, write into some bill or like, you know, it's just. It was kind of weird for me to see. I was like, oh, I didn't even like think about how some of these battles just morph. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, you just said it. I don't think there's um, – It's tough. I, I, like you just said, I'm not an expert in that <laughs> – the complexity of, of having a of that kind of uh, reform. But um, I, like you said, either people fighting insurance companies or government. I mean, I've heard of a lot of the um, nationalized medicine – uh, patients having to wait months for something that would take us a day, right? Mm. Uh, whether it's imaging or a referral. So, yeah, I guess there's pros and cons on both sides of it. But hopefully uh, smart people can get together mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just serve one demographic, which essentially is happening. Now, I mean, we have a cash and carry system right now. So mm-hmm. if you got money, you know, you'll get care, <laughs> sadly. True. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. It was a oh, blast. Fun chat. times. Good yeah. stuff, Elliot. Good to good to hear you. Um, you know, you're back on track. You're doing what yeah. you want to do. Yeah, exciting. Uh, I'll have to check out the podcast when it comes out. Huh? Yeah, man. We're looking for a soon. The publish soon. <laughs> I think our next I'll episode publish. will be our, uh, our our tenth one. So then wow. we're gonna have ten available right That's off the bat. Amazing. Nice. But, Soon to come. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. Ciao. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary. 